And that for me is like one of the worst things to hear somebody say. So the big question is what a top agent is doing to absolutely crush it in real estate. To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Elite Agent Secrets show. Today, we're joined by Joey Dishman. He's been in real estate for six years. He's a principal broker owner in Tennessee, Vancouver, and North Carolina, investor and entrepreneur. Did I get them all right? Virginia. Oh, God damn it, Virginia. Bollocks. <laughs> right. With that being said, Joey himself did over 52 deals last year. His small team of four did over 125 deals. Today he's going to be discussing some juicy topics, how to get more contracts, how to get contracts to a closing table, and how to get repeat business from those contracts that you got from the closing table that you originally figured out how you got from fucking topic one. Joey's going to be unpacking this all. I'm excited. This is one. This is how to be a real estate agent and a good one at that. Top 101, Joey's going to be unpacking it. Joey, thank you for agreeing to come on the show. Share your secrets with our audience to help them get more deals, especially in this changing market. How are you doing? Doing good. Um, trying to adjust to the market shifting here. Um, <laughs> got, you know, I got these other agents, newer agents too, that I'm working with, trying to help them get through deals too. So it's been busy, man. See, I, I, I love that. Like when it comes to a shifting market, I think, you know, that's a super trending topic because it's something that we're experiencing firsthand and it's something that's also going to be timeless, right? Yeah. The real estate is always cyclical. Uh, you know, there's the ups, there's the downs. So no matter if somebody's listening to this now or five years from now, let's say the economy is good mm-hmm. and the market is not in its current state of a downward shit show spiral, then they'll at least be prepared for the future. But before before you give us even a little bit more context, because I know I will get long-winded on this topic because this is something that I'm trying to navigate myself and it's the first time I'm doing mm-hmm. it. Give us a little bit of context of, of, of how you started six years ago and why you even decided to become a principal broker or owner when there's, you know, there's obviously other options out there as well. True. Um what got me started was crazy, man. Um, when I was a kid, I grew up in a small town in Northeast Tennessee, uh, Mountain City, Tennessee. And um, back then, you know, um, back in the 80s and everything, early 90s, the uh, newspaper would have the real estate market in it. You know, what was for sale and everything. And for some reason, I was infatuated with real estate. And I would tell my grandfather, um, hey, we should go buy this land. It was $500 an acre. And I was like, he'd be like, what are you going to do with that? You know, he didn't have the concept of buying it, holding it or anything like that, like most of us do now. Um, So as I went on, went through school, um, became a mechanic and um, met my current wife. And I just got tired of it. You know, my body was breaking down from working all day on cars and uh, told her I wanted to go into business. So I went to college for uh, business administration. And a buddy of mine was uh, going to college with me and he said, I said something about, you know, man, I've been watching this show on TV, uh, you know, um, Million Dollar Listing New York. I was like, I'd really love to get into real estate, you know, <laughs> I, like, I always liked it and everything. And um, 
he said, eh, you know, it, it wouldn't be too bad. I kept talking, kept talking. And my wife said, you know what? I'm tired of hearing your crap, man. If you're going to do it, go down, and do it. You know, and I was like, all right. So I jumped in, uh, went to actually kept working and went to real estate school and um, started out at this little brokerage in a small town in Virginia and started out. I was the last person in the company. So there's like 25 people. And if you got back then, they don't do it now. You, I don't, I've never seen a real estate magazine in the past couple of years, but um, the, the way they would rank you in that office was from how, you know, when you were in that book from first to last, and I was the last one. And then within a year, I went to number four in the company wow. and Holy just fell in love with it. I mean, got obsessed with it. Um, my wife, I mean, I watched any real estate show any podcast, anything for real estate. And she just got tired. She's like, you know, I'm glad you're successful. You're doing good, but I'm tired of watching this real estate shit all the time. You know? <laughs> I, I really want to be a fly on the wall in your eyes. Like, I, I'm not sure oh. where your wife's pain level lives, but the fact that the first time it's like, if you shut the fuck up and go and do it, I want to know how much you had to irritate her to do that. And now I want to know, is like real estate just on repeat 24 seven. Like she can't sleep. Just selling sunsets is on 24 seven. She's like, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all the time. And I dream about it. I'll wake up through the night and go, Oh, I know what to do about that deal now. Or it, it's weird how obsessed I am with it. But I figured one thing I got to let you know too, I've got OCD real bad. So I have ADHD and OCD. So you mix them together. It's like a, uh, chihuahua you know it's got this energy and stuff going around just obsessed with doing something and i'm obsessed with real estate but that's how i am if i'm doing something like when i was a mechanic it was constantly cars i was going to car shows watching car car uh repair stuff on tv just i've emerged myself in it so i stay up to date with everything that's going on now people ask me to come work on their car and i'm like i don't know what the hell to do on that thing you know, I haven't worked on a car in six years, you know. So um, yeah. with the real estate, it's just something I'm really passionate about. See, I, I, I think that's the main key, right? It's you're, you have mm-hmm. to become obsessed with what you're doing in order to hit the numbers or the level of success that, that you want. Most, that's why excellence yeah. lives. That's why excellence yeah. lives in obsession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I a mean, good thing, too. Um, doing this, um, transitioning from the little brokerage to, I'm not going to name the big brokerage, but we went to a big box store brokerage and, um, a buddy of mine, um, Did he start he, with uh, <laughs> yes. no, 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 we're not going to throw any shade at anybody here. Come on. He let's was, be he nice. Was them. He was with them at that time. And, um, we started our, got our team going. That's why it's called the Tim Stout group, you know, and it's, um, he's a uh, very successful agent down in um, South Atlanta and uh, with his knowledge and stuff. And he's obsessed with it as bad as we are with me and um, Matt and everything on our team. And it seems like we just live and breathe real estate. You know, a lot of people say that it's like, Oh, real estate, that's all I'm going to do. Then you see them half-assing it, you know, but then you see our team and it's like a uh, well-oiled machine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, there is this one fun. I mean, it's fucking phenomenal show 
called mm-hmm. Elite Agent Secrets that you should listen to every episode release every day, baby. <laughs> every day we oh, release an episode from the top 1% in the world. Um, no, it's yeah. like there is, uh, there is call signs of like all the top agents, they all do certain things. And like, if you're mm-hmm. this obsessed with this industry, like what's the difference between passion and obsession? And it's basically like everyone defines it so differently. But like, I think if you're yeah. going to excel to like true excellence at anything, obsession mm-hmm. is a must. Like, you know, okay. if you're in a fight in like Conor McGregor, he was like, I'm obsessed. Like all I think about is yeah. fighting every day. Mm-hmm. And you got like, uh, was it David Goggins? Who's like, this oh, is yeah. obsession. Like everyone is going to get you fucked up. They're going to be like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. It's like, yeah, because that you don't want to be them and they damn yeah. sure don't want to be you. <laughs> like, yeah. so if you're, if, if you're into this and you did 52 deals last year, I'm sure your goals are, uh, are higher than that. I'm hundred percent certain you will get there just through the fa- pure fact that you are like, this is my thing. Like for me, I, mm-hmm. I'm the same. Like I dream about, like, I like business as a whole. Like yeah. it's not even real estate for me. Like I, I'm obsessed with like businesses and business models. I've, I've got that very typical entrepreneurial like, oh, this uh-huh. is like I learn something new and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like if I watch a TV show, I'm not watching the TV show. I just, I'm like, oh, I wonder how much money they make. How do they make money? What are the pay per view numbers like? Like how does the business work? How many people are there? What are the margins on TV shows? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, all I, all I fucking think about, but. Take us on a very quick roadmap. Six years. First year, how many deals did you do? My first year, the people told me, you know, the broker's like, you're going to be lucky to do one in six months. I did my first one in a month. And the crazy thing is I drove two damn hours for an $80,000 deal. But for me, it was like, I've got to get that first one to get the experience. So my first year, I did like seven or eight. And then the next year is when it really clicked. Um, I hit 35. And, um, I was like, dang, 35, this is, this is pretty good, you know? And then from then that's when the team came about and everything, it just started clicking more and more after I learned more, uh, about having, um, systems and procedures using leverage and all that, you know, leverage, leveraging, um, transaction coordinators and stuff like that, because my thing that I hate to do the most is paperwork. I hate that. Welcome to the club, baby. I just want to meet people. I want to go meet people, show houses, get listings, you know, and, uh, you know, grow other businesses that we have too. And I'm like, this damn paperwork's got to go, you know? So we, um, so Joey, I got, I got a question. You said it clicked between year one and year two, you did a few transactions to like over 35 transactions. When you say it clicked, what does that mean? And what clicked for you? that you basically 7x your production? Well, what it was for me was I really didn't, I didn't get a lot of training then in my first year. Um, they, they did their best. You know, they didn't, like those agents that was at that company were older agents and they were single agents and they didn't really have time for anybody like that. But like I said, following my, my friend Tim, um, I followed him on Facebook and Instagram and I'd call him and stuff and getting a little knowledge from him to learn like, Hey dude, you've got to seriously prospect every day. You can't just think things are going to fall in your lap. 
starting out, you know, as you get on into the... Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. What does that mean? You have to seriously prospect. I want to, I want to go like peel the layers of the onion because this is all the stuff that we hear okay. all the time, right? You have to dedicate two to three hours to prospecting. Well, what does yeah. prospecting look like for Joey that went from five deals to thirty-five between year one and year two? Um, the far, in year one, um, you know, I got leads and stuff from the the brokerage that we paid into, paid into a platform, got the leads. But that's the only thing I thought I had to do was just call these leads that came in off the internet. You know, the more that I listened to Tim and the more I followed um, um, podcasts and TV shows, um, I seen it was more like, you got to go door knock. I was like, what the hell is door knocking? Uh, How am I going to get over that hump of knocking on somebody's dang door that I don't know? And they're going to say, oh, yeah, come on in. I'll let you sell my house. I was like, for me, did not make a lick of sense to me. I did not understand it. And um, the more I started doing it, so I started prospecting, you know, the internet leads. I started um, doing the door knocking, mailers, door hangers, um, videos. The videos is something that in my area, six years ago, nobody did, you know. And um, we would do like little small business interviews, go and interview them and stuff. And then we get all these you know, put it on social media. So then I started, it started clicking like, shit, you can get leads from Facebook. I was like, okay. So I just started getting into more avenues of prospecting instead of just that one lead source that we got from the brokerage. Got it. So, so then did you keep yourself somehow uh, organized and accountable to, you know, maybe working Facebook leads on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then all the other leads Thursday, Friday, did you have some kind of a structure to how you prospected and how you executed on that every single day? Um, year two, not really. No, I just, it was like a shit show. So it was, it was just like, like, like go in all of it, all in, everything yeah. I possibly can do. Let me just figure yeah. this out. And then I'm assuming as you went from year two to year three, you were like, oh, this doesn't work for me. That works for me. This is not a good use of my time. This is a good use of my time. Well, yeah, year three, that's when we formed the team. Mm. And then we had structure. We had um, our, um, at that time, she was our um, uh, transaction coordinator, Ariel. And now she's the director of operations over the the team. So um, we got her when me and her partnered up at the first brokerage, the little brokerage. Then we moved to the big box one and teamed up with Tim. We had a structure in place. Then I started saying, okay, now I see why we got to call 25 leads today, then we can go door knock, you know, on Tuesdays or Thursdays, we're on a a circle prospect, you know, or Fridays we're farming. So that made more sense to me. Um, For my OCD portion of it, it really sort of helped. It helped me calm myself down because I was sort of worrying, like, did I forget somebody? Did I drop this client? Plus, I learned about uh, CRMs better, you know, um, how to really operate um, a CRM. The lead source we had had a CRM, but nobody showed me how to do it. I didn't know what to do. And once we got together and we started, you know, training and then doing um, role play and stuff like that, that helped a ton. Role playing helped me break the ice, 
to not be afraid to talk to people because I finally learned, hey, what are they going to do? Say no, screw off, get the hell out of here, you know, or just hang up on me. So, you know, doing stuff like that really broke me out of from six to 35 and then start getting up into the higher numbers. See, I, I, I like that because you're, you're kind of breaking it down. That's, you know, one of the things that we're big on is obviously internet leads and having a source mm-hmm. to manage it. Now that we're in the trenches, I think the issue that we were having is making sure that you're staying on top of your business yes, and staying mm-hmm. organized. Because when you have five people you're talking to, like you can probably remember them. When you have a hundred people, first of all, a hundred strangers, that's a little bit different, right? Because then you're like, oh, fuck, I have five Stevens. I have four Jimmy's. I have six Karen's. Uh, Who's who's who? So if you don't have your notes, you don't have. And and we're we're, we're always improving, right? That's why I'm kind of peeling the onion back is because one of the issues we're kind of running into is like we have all these lead sources. How do we stay on Mm -hmm. top of leads? to make sure it's effective right. and efficient or you're also not juggling two balls in the air, but instead you're doing, you're juggling five and it's a lot more efficient and effective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right, like, right. how do you go from that initial conversation to getting them to meet with you? And what's the outcome that you're seeking? Mm-hmm. How do you move them along to a pre-approval? Right. And how do you right. do yeah. that yeah. relationship? Mm-hmm. And it seems like video is also a big part of what you are doing as well. Right. So, oh Yeah. I'm going to pile myself in here and jump in because we're going to go back to front here if we're not careful on topics. So let's unpack the first topic first, which is how did the fuck do we just get more contracts, Joey? We want more. Well, we want 100, 125 contracts. So how uh, do we go about getting them? Unpack your first secret to success. For me, it was um, just prospecting more, you know, and doing um, – like Andrew said, to stay on it and keep your people organized. Um, you know, in the beginning, I lost a ton of deals because I didn't have that structure of uh, keep them all, all my clients separate. Um, I have text the wrong client before and say, oh, the deal fell through. And they're like, what the hell? And I'm like, oh, shit, wrong Andrew, you know, or, you know, and I'm like, I got to keep them separated. So um, I, I had a lot of in the front end of the deal, I uh, my business, I learned a lot from the mistakes I made. And I think, you know, everybody, they, they get bent out of shape. Agents get upset when they do something wrong, but that's a learning experience. And now I know not to do that stuff. You know, I got to keep them prioritized. And my problem, too, is I'm a little old fashioned. We have all this technology. I still have a board that I put my stuff on. I have a whiteboard. And then I have a blackboard at the bottom and it has my deals going and all my due dates and everything. Okay. So, um, hold, hold on. What do you <laughs> put on your whiteboard? Is that like leads, contacts, people that you have quote unquote in the pipeline that have shown any mm-hmm. signs of life of uh, and the ability to buy real estate? Help us understand yeah. it. Cause and Andrew is big on, on whiteboards. I'm not. I'm big on the CRMs, but I am finding that is whiteboard does not seem like a bad idea at this point. I am. We need to do some clarification for our audience here. Like I'm some type of technophobic. I'm not, I love my CRMs. I'm like big on that. I'm like a big ideas, visionary type guy. So I have whiteboards everywhere and I like 
love to kind of sketch out and draw and visualize how I think stuff can be structured and things can be built. And like, I'm very creative by that. So I, yeah, I have loads of whiteboards and like, I'm like that idea lives on that whiteboard until it's done. And I'm now I upgraded though for anyone. And we're not a sponsor of Apple, like Apple, if you're listening, (laughs) if you're listening, which you probably are, you know, come and sponsor us. But I went, I upgraded. I got myself an iPad with a pencil, right? And you just got an unlimited whiteboard. It's now just this giant screen, unlimited whiteboard, and I just sketch, and it's just this ever-expanding mind map of, of stuff that I want to do. So that's me just jumping in there. But, yeah, we do like whiteboards. We like our CRMs. Big on our tech, oh, yeah. follow-up and all that shit. I like CRMs. Um, what I do is, like, the leads, say I had – I mean, some of them, I th- we switched from one CRM to a new one, so I think I have, like, 3,000 leads on this CRM. I can follow up with most of them because I put them in categories you know, hot, cold, you know, um, all, uh, archive them or trash. But the ones I put on my whiteboard are ready to go. They're serious buyers. And that's what I put my focus more on is the serious buyers trying to get them under contract. That's a lot of thing. Um, a lot of agents do. They lose contracts because they don't worry about the ones that are ready to buy. They're worried about all these that's in their CRM that are cold, still looking six months away or something like that. You got to touch you know, touch those leads, say once every two weeks or something, once a week. But the ones that's on my whiteboard is the ones I focus on every day. The blackboard is the ones that I've got under contract to Mm -hmm. make sure that I'm making sure all their due diligence is done. And we're not uh, forgetting things or, you know, home inspection, if they need to pull out of the deal or something, we can work it out. And and when they earn the place on your whiteboard, how often do you mm-hmm. touch them? You said every day, but does that mean every day through the MLS? Are you sending them properties? Because like right now, I have a few people that are, you know, semi-serious. They're just, mm-hmm. their, their criteria is a little bit difficult and I'm staying on top of them. I'm not hearing back from them, but they are looking at mm-hmm. every single one of my emails. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. that balance of how to communicate with them properly or, you know, the, the best way possible. Sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I'm overbearing Usually. and it's a lot, right? Where I text them every day or in, in right. the morning or in the afternoon. Um, so I'm just trying to figure that part out. Usually what I do is um, the ones that I'm staying in touch with, I send set them up on my CRM. Of course, it's sending leads, but I also send them leads from the MLS. So like you were saying, you could see where they opened the email. I can see when they view those MLS listings. So every two days, I'll call just to touch base or send a quick text and say, hey, did you get those last listings? Did any look good to you? You know, so they keep me top of mind because be truthful. uh, I dropped one this year. I would like to punch myself, kick my own ass for it. It was a $1.3 million deal. Welcome to the club, And I stayed in contact (laughs) with them. I'd have stayed in contact with him, except for there was two weeks that I was really distracted with the brokerage side and I was taking care of a couple of deals for a couple of other agents and he slipped through the cracks. And I was in my head, I was going, I seen him open them emails and it was because I didn't touch base with him. It's like he thought I was too busy for him. And that for me is like one of the worst things to hear is somebody say, you're too busy to help me. And I'm going, I'm busy, but I'm not too busy to help you. 
you know, or my team can help you. If I can't do it personally, I'll get my team. To well, it's, it's, it's all about perception, right? Perception is reality yeah. at this point. So because you haven't mm-hmm. reached out, you haven't followed up. And I think I'm starting to learn and love to get your guys' input is there's no such thing as like too much communication. If you're communicating yeah. too much, I would hope the other person would be like, dude, leave me the fuck alone. Or, yeah. you know, don't talk to me. Um, but at the same time, it's like you want to stay front of mind. What we've learned in the internet leads business is no offense. Anybody listening and sending consumer, you guys aren't fucking loyal. You know, you're going to be, you know, dating yeah. me and sleeping with like five other agents. Okay. <laughs> that, that is the name of the game. I know it. You, you, you know it and you don't think that I know it, but I know it. Um, so I think the way to stand out is almost like over communicating. Um, I, and and the other part of that is like building the relationship. Do you have Mm -hmm. any tips for us and the audience on how you can close the gap a little bit faster or, you know, or, or build a stronger relationship from when that lead does the initial inquiry to Mm -hmm. getting them on the phone getting them to speak to you um, and, and, and seeing them face to face, right? Because like one, one mm-hmm. of the biggest, uh, I think, obstacles that we're trying to overcome now is lead comes in, we get them mm-hmm. on the phone. I spend 10, 15, 20 minutes, 30 of their talker. If I got mm-hmm. them on there for 30, then I know I'm working with them. If I got mm-hmm. them on for like five or seven minutes, then I know they're cheating on me, right? <laughs> um, how do you go from that phone conversation to the next step? Or maybe what is even the next step? Is the next step them meeting you in person? Is the next step pre-approval? Mm-hmm. Is the next step a Starbucks coffee? Help mm-hmm. us understand I, what your process looks like. I know the next step because I'm like Mystic Meg. The next step is <laughs> unpack topic two, which is how you take them in contract to closing table. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 